like we had three different cocktails. And then wine. So if I'm leaving, like, Pizza Express. If anyone gets mud on this white coat, I swear to God, I'll kill you. I felt like a right twat. This is Your Welcome America presents Girls Aloud, Off the Record, Episode 1. I am Ben. I am Fraser. Fraser Light Razor. And for the next six weeks, we're going to be recapping and reliving the classic 2006 reality show, Girls Aloud, Off the Record. And you can watch along with us because the episodes are on YouTube. They certainly are. Okay, for the uninitiated, which is probably like, I don't know, one of you, uh, (laughs) we need to tell you what the show is. Girls Aloud Off the Record follows our beloved UK girl group in the build-up to their 2006 chemistry arena tour. (laughs) From appearing on TV shows to Uh filming the whole Mm -hmm. lot of history video in Paris, (laughs) promoting in Australia and New Zealand, to promotional appearances in Ibiza and Greece... (laughs) And going on an ambassadorial trip to China with former London Mayor Ken Livingston. (laughs) And here is what's coming up in episode one. Over the next six weeks, we'll go behind the scenes to show you what it's really like being at the heart of the British pop industry. The tabloid front pages. Oh, God. You've seen that as well. The premiership footballers. Actually, I'm going to kill you. The misunderstandings. Do you know what? I can't even be asked giving them the time of day to comment on it because I think it's pathetic. And the falling out. So who looks like the dickhead? Not you. Welcome to the real world of Girls Aloud. Oh, that's the little top of episode teaser from episode one. There's going to be lots in this. Yeah. I feel like we're about to go on a journey. We really are. And I guess that teaser gives us our first little thing to talk about is the fact that this is narrated by Vernon Kay. Vernon Kay? I thought it was Paul Nichols. Oh, shit. I think it might... Oh my god, I always thought it was Vernon Kay. It's Paul Nichols. Is it? Yeah. Is, is, is it? it? <laughs> <laughs> is it really? Oh, Paul Nichols. Wow. He was he was a thing for he a minute. He really was a thing. I <laughs> wonder where he is now. I hope he's not like one of those other Brits in LA who is now um, an anti-vaxxer. Remember that one we found who will rename <laughs> We nameless? can't. We can't do that. <laughs> Before we get into Girls Loud off the record, I have, some, I have a confession to make. Oh. This show helped me get a very important job in my career. Oh, wow. Yeah. Because in the interview for that job, I was chatting about all kinds of things in pop culture. And I really heavily went into talking about this series because I had it on DVD. (laughs) And the person interviewing me, my now friend, beloved Susie, said, did you know that I I produced that show? And (laughs) I was like, yeah. And I was like, genuinely, no. (laughs) So it helped me get the job. Oh, lovely. Yeah. Love Susie. I literally just did it again. I went, did she? <laughs> that was happened to me. <laughs> right. Let's get into episode one. Mm. we talk about the opening titles just while we're for the first time absolutely so so it's set to the fantastic song models which we from, just which we just heard from uh, the chemistry album track two <laughs> <laughs> intro track one models track two first official track of that album <laughs> strong opener yeah it's a really good song it's really it, it deserved a, a fun music video but anyway how would you describe the kind of aesthetic of this of these title sequences? Mm, well, it's really important to dig deep here because we're going to see these titles for the next six weeks. Yeah, there's a lot of ripped wallpaper yeah. going on. There's there's that wallpaper which is black and pink mm. with kind of black swirly sort of gothic designs. Yeah, it's very agent provocateur oh well, yeah do you know what i mean it's very that world yes like an embossed wallpaper it would be an yes. embossed wallpaper at like the agent provocateur concession in a like selfridges Ex- exactly <laughs> selfridges oh upmarket yeah oh, it's a yeah. little bit it's a little bit malmaison it is very malmaison <laughs> the malmaison hotel chain which i'm sure i have really uh... we've, we've we've discussed the malmaison Manchester Hotel chain at length, I think. But yes, you're right. It's very, very that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pink and pink and black is a a wild and and very strange color combination. Well, it's quite it's quite in quotation marks sexy, yes. isn't it? It's like 
we're girls, but we're also we're sexy. And there's yeah. something a bit mischievous about it. We're not bubblegum pink. Yes. You know what I mean? It's more deeper than that. Yeah, and we get to just kind of see the girls one by one as they get a little the wallpaper ripped off to reveal their name. Yeah. The whooshing there's like a whooshing camera going around. It's very hectic, isn't it? I think it's meant to sort of like set up like oh this is going to be a hectic six weeks look into like the the hectic world of being in britain's top girl group it's very that isn't it yeah how have you broken up this episode because this show uh it i mean we're a whole year on from totally scott lee yeah shout out to our totally scott lee series so it's less about scenes and we've really gone heavy on what we like to refer to as scenelets yeah i'm kind of almost not breaking this up that much i'm just gonna kind of I have I have some some headings, some subheadings, but I think I'm just gonna go with the flow. Okay, you get it. You go for <laughs> it. You get that flow going, please, babe. So, will we start in February 2006? Sure do. Most notably, on the set of the single whole lot of history that this whole show seems to be based around, which is very strange. Once once again, two base six episode reality show around a kind of forgotten girls allowed single. Makes me love it even more. <laughs> How do you feel about whole lot of history? I'm it. It's it's fine. It's fine. I'm really. It's inoffensive. It's you can sing along to it. It's no. It's not for me. I feel like, and I'm not shading you here. I feel like it's got a special place in your heart. <laughs> it it no. It definitely does. Yeah, it definitely has a significance at the time. You know, I love a poor me playlist. You know, I I love a dramatic, you know, listening to a song on a bus while it rains in London and looking out the window. And the time that this came out, there was very significant things happening. And it definitely goes hand in hand with a period of time that at the time was very heartbreaking. But I look back now and think it's quite funny. So this song kind of makes me laugh. It's no life got cold. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Talking about being in a bus. (laughs) Yeah, true. No, I I, just, I will say that there is a couple of good moments in... Well, I like the song in general, but you can't ever deny the moment where Nadine says, yeah, I'm damned if I do and I'm damned if I don't. It costs me so much love. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like that in this first scene, there are the whole lot of history, music shoot, everyone looks very cold. Yeah. Be- tell you what, February in Paris, mm. not fun. In a drafty old kind of Baroque kind of mansion. Mm, <laughs> a Parisian <chilly>. townhouse. <laughs> everyone, everyone's wearing black puffer jackets. Yeah. Except the girls, of course. <laughs> yeah, there's just a lot of them kind of sitting around, really quick flashes of them sitting around and looking bored and kind of getting ready to film this music video. But then this is where... This, the weird structure of the show kind of comes in and we hear from the voiceover that uh, basically it kind of gives a sum up of how Girls Allowed are a very successful girl group. And then it says, but management is getting worried. <laughs> well, they're getting they're getting worried. They're going to throw in this very loose bit of tension here. Yeah. Aren't they? Because Whole Up History is going to be their 12th single. And the last 11 have gotten to the top 10. Yeah. So, I mean, fingers crossed. So we, we cut from, we swing from Paris to all of a sudden we're at the, the Polydor offices in London. It's going to be a place that we see quite a lot, I think, throughout this show. And we meet a character called Peter Lorraine, director of marketing at Polydor UK. Yeah, I've written desk in West London. That's the <laughs> <Yes>. location. <laughs> I remember I definitely wanted his job. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. There's a couple of people's jobs that I would have wanted at the time. Between Peter Lorraine and Rachel Cook, I could have done either of those jobs. Well, we'll get to Rachel very shortly. <laughs> we'll get to her and those highlights soon. I want to talk about Peter, his look, his 2006 mm-hmm. look. Yep. He's kind of got what I would describe as like a geek sweater and shirt on. Yeah. It's a little bit like indie band, a little bit like gay geek. Yes. And it's also to go in hand in hand with the time period. For me, third year at university, that's what I would have worn to like a formal occasion. (laughs) Yes. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think if we would have had like a, I think we used to have a Christmas meal at university where we dressed up and I think I wore an outfit very similar to that. And that was me dressing up. You would have got it from Top Man or Burton's or something. Of course, of course, of course, of course. Now, Peter Lorraine, he, I don't know how old he's he's here, but he seems young. Yeah. He seems like he's got, he's young and he's doing very well for himself. I gave him a quick Google. Oh, yeah. So he now runs a management company called Fascination Management. Do you mm. want to hear his roster? I do. Okay. We've got Goldfrap. Yeah. Oh. We've got Jessie Ware. Okay. Relevant. She's been doing very well. Yeah. Check with Drag that. Race UK. She Judge. sure is. Yeah. She's got that podcast. Will Young. <laughs> Ice like a sunrise. All Saints. Oh, wow. 
steps. Okay. I mean, they're bringing in that money with yeah. that live tour. We've got Una Healy. Oh. Because oh. she and that acoustic guitar need managed. <laughs> I was about to say, got that acoustic, Una acoustic guitar. Anyway, move on. Four of Diamonds, don't know who they are, look like a girl group. Shakespeare's sister, sure. Oh, wow. Kathy Dennis, mm. Slows, don't know who they are. And then at the end, the Saturdays. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Una's separate from the Saturdays. Well, she's got that acoustic guitar. It's a different genre. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do genuinely feel back then in 2006 and now Peter Lorraine has the career that we both want. 100%. Yeah. I'd happily have Una singing Chasing Lights on the acoustic guitar. Go on, go on, go on. Also, shout out to the Fascination Management website, which is lovely. Um, although I will say it does say copyright 2019 at the bottom. That's fine. <laughs> so Peter Lorraine is basically saying, he says it's a gamble releasing a fourth single. But they think that people, in his words, want to see the girls performing it on TV. Beg to differ. I love the song and I, I certainly wasn't craving to see a live vocal performance of a whole lot of history. Fine. It, this this song, though, is very much a fourth single from an album. Yes, definitely. I mean, you're never going to lead an album campaign with this. It's never going to be the second. It might be the third single. Yeah. But you know what? We'll release it fourth. Yeah. If not at all. And I'd say this is probably... In like Girls Aloud ballad history, their most famous ballad is I'll Stand By You, right? But yeah, which is even even theirs. What's also interesting is once again, why are we doing a whole six episode show yeah. around the fourth single on an album? Yeah, it's like if they did the next series and it was all based around that song. Will you ever see the day? That was on the next, that was on the chemistry album. That's like a strange ballad that they released. Oh yeah. Like a Christmassy I, song. I don't think they like that song. The girls. I think also, from memory, isn't the video, they're kind of like on a glittery, dusty moon or somewhere? Yeah, the video is very similar. I think it takes place in the same white, kind of snowy ether that Never Had a Dream Come True takes place in. Oh, yeah. Well, they've got that one snow set up and they just (laughs) rotate it. So that is Peter Lorraine. We're going to see more of him at his West London desk throughout this season. Yeah. Who have we got next? Next, we've got Rachel Cook, the other person whose job I want. She's the TV promotions executive at Polydor UK. She has some 2006 highlights that are stunning. Very, she is glossy. Yeah, she's very she's glossy. She's very glossy and together. She looks, she looks expensive. Yeah, she definitely does. She is saying here that she doesn't think that whole lot of history is doing as well as the other singles. Yeah, which you know that seems to be the the general tone of this episode. There's rumblings in the industry that a whole <laughs> lot of history is not doing well, which I'm not quite sure where they're getting that information from because. This isn't like Totally Scott Lee when we, you know, we had the actual midweek chart figures. Yeah. It just seems to be, I don't know what they're basing it on, that people just don't care. Like people aren't booking them for TV shows maybe because I suppose she's the TV promotions executive at Polydor UK. Yeah. So maybe they're not getting as many TV bookings. Although I certainly feel like we watch them on a lot of TV shows in this in this series. Oh yeah, Rachel, Rachel back then, she did a great job. Yeah. Don't know what she's up to now, but in 2006, she's getting them on SMTV. She's getting them in the BBC Television Centre. She's doing well. <laughs> Have you, when you've worked on shows, I mean, this is always the person that is kind of like the go-between between between the band and the producers in the TV show. Yes. I feel like I've I've dealt with and worked with many a Rachel Cook in my time. Me too. And some of them are some of the most terrifying people you'll ever meet in your life. Yeah. some one woman in particular that represents a lot of very famous American artists when they come to the UK. And she is one of the scariest people I've ever met. I think I know who you that who that is. This may be a person who basically blocked me from talking to Rihanna. Yes, uh, I think she shouted. This is the same person that shouted at me about something to do with Justin Bieber. Oh, what did what did she shout? Uh, just that the show was running over. Oh, okay. And I was like, uh, I know, babes. <laughs> <laughs> Cla- <laughs> I, I'm, I'm feeling it too. I'd love to go home. <laughs> I didn't say that, obviously. Um, at this point in the show, in episode one, they're also setting up like a recurring theme of the press. Mm. There's a lot of like, well, do you know what? The press, I mean, they, lo- they love the girls, but it's a lot of pressure. They're always just hounding the girls. Yeah. Kind of setting up the press as sort of the enemy. Yeah, but they, they do a kind of honest job of saying like, well, the girls don't say this, but Peter Lorraine and Rachel Cook, they do a fairly honest job of kind of admitting that they need the press as much as the press is also kind of the enemy in this show. Yeah. And we really get into it actually later in this episode, a couple of moments. Oh yeah. When we, when we hop on that plane and fly somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this, this is kind of like you were saying, they're talking about the press and then we kind of get like 
I'm calling it the press whirlwind. We get a lot of like really quick flashes of shots. And we're going to see a lot of one particular shot of them dressed in an outfit that I'm calling the the stripes and gingham look. Yeah. Which is uh, something we see a lot throughout the show. And it involves Nadine wearing a big floppy hat. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they, they set all of this to the song. Because <laughs> as we said, they use a lot of their own music pretty much throughout this whole show. And this little segment is set to the song Big Brother from What Will the Neighbors Say? Yeah. Big Brother's watching me and I don't really mind. It's not a good song, but I now I'm thinking about it. I'm like, oh I'd love to hear that again. And basically, yeah, this is this is setting up and they have a little soundbite from Sarah and she says, talking about the press and she's like, can't live with them, can't live without them. Oh Sarah, I she's mean, she really that she, philosopher. She, yeah, and she really is one of the most tabloidy members of the band, isn't she? Yeah. So so yeah, and then Rachel Rachel Cook just kind of caps off that segment. She's inexplicably in a cab all of a sudden, and <laughs> she just says, "You know, they just they need more than just their songs to be played on the radio. They need people to buy into them. It's the whole package. It's the whole thing." Yeah, kind of slightly hinting towards the fact that her and some of the other management people secretly enjoy them getting all of the press attention, which is kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> so yes, I the next segment is yes, it's very much a focus on Cheryl. I called it "Uh oh, Cheryl" segment. <laughs> <laughs> because throughout this this whole series, each member of Girls Aloud gets like a real like spotlight moment, a real kind of bit of focus. Yeah. So this is her bit. So um, I love the, the voiceover here. It says that, you know, she's 22 years old yeah. and she's the most famous member of Girls Aloud. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> so the other, the other girls did not get um, approval of this show. No, absolutely not. And you can imagine how pissed off they were when they first saw this, especially Nadine, <laughs> to see that Cheryl gets the first first spotlight segment of the first episode and to be called the most famous member of girls allowed and then they try and kind of give the reason it's because she's engaged to footballer ashley cole yeah and we're gonna we're gonna see them a little bit later because they're gonna be going uh, to a fashion week event but before they get there she's got to go somewhere else doesn't she She's got to go shopping with me, ma'am. With her ma'am, Joan. She's going to go blue water. Away, Joan. We're going to go to blue water, go shopping, go to Habitat, <laughs> buy a nice cushion. So before <laughs> Cheryl's big Valentine's night out at the fashion show with fiance Ashley, she goes down blue water she with does. Joan. She's got inexplicably got a clip in the side of her head, which I couldn't quite get my mind around. And she's wearing a very strange outfit. She's wearing a, a kind of a flared jean with a mm-hmm. boot and a kind of a, a a formal white shirt with a a green pea kind of, green a pea green sweater mm-hmm. and her specs which yeah, she, make an appearance later and then she's got big disc earrings oh yes and, and a white leather bag <laughs> yes. now those specs i've written decorative yeah i wasn't I, i'm not sure about that now you're saying Cheryl's specs make an appearance later on in the show as yeah well? yeah she's wearing them at the julia mcdonald fashion show at london fashion week oh well she's well she's gotta gotta see those catwalk looks <laughs> also do you think she was gunning for um specs Spe- spectacle wearer of the year for spec savers yeah. i think so i wrote in my notes i'm so scared of joan <laughs> joan wow. is really scary well let's just when we've talked through um <laughs> cheryl's 2006 look let's talk through joan's look as well yeah oh yeah so sorry joan or jan joan it's, it's joan yeah. okay i don't want to get that wrong um joan's wearing a denim ripped mini she's got black leather boots she's got a chunky belt mm. she's sort of she's a bit of a bit of a karen it looked. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yes, she, she, she kind she of has that slight bit. look. I'm a little bit scared of you even saying that. I feel like she's going to somehow find find us saying that, and she's going to come for us. I'm so scared of oh, Joan. Shit. They, they seem to have a <laughs> lovely relationship. They do. I really like her spunky haircut as well. She's got a real fun, yeah. spunky little short haircut. Oh, those two. <laughs> it's interesting here because Cheryl's 22 years old. Mm. Even at this stage, she has the air of someone a lot more mature. Yeah. Do you like? Do you know what I mean, though? Yeah. She's, Even though she's shopping with me, ma'am. Shopping with her, ma'am. She's like, it's it's almost like a much older person who's taking care of her mum. Right. Even though like Joan is is very young as yes. well. So and she even says later they often get they often get uh, <laughs> they often get. Con- oh, we'll get we'll get to that we'll get to that clagger of a moment later. People on. often think my mum's my sister. <laughs> so they're doing a little bit of shopping in Blue Water. Yeah. The premise is she's buying clothes for for that evening. I'm not so sure that's exactly what this the order that this footage was filmed in. But anyway, we'll we'll go with the lie that they're telling us. So it, this is really just a lot of little clips of them, you know, just looking at clothes. And then basically at one point they're in Holland and Barrett. <laughs> did you notice that? Sure did. <laughs> that's when she said, me mum's me best friend. And then the the most kind of important part of this is 
Cheryl gets into kind of an interview with the with the the crew at this point, and there's a little bit of a focus on the nightclub incident. Yeah. So they they it looks like they've they've trotted off to the food court. Maybe they've sat down for a latte. Mm. That that's what it feels like yeah. to me. Um, and they're talking. I think this whole sequence is set up to make Cheryl look like a very normal, relatable person. Yeah. Like she's best friends with her mum and she goes down Blue Holland Water. Holland Barrett, yeah. And she goes to Holland Barrett to get her, you know, what, what do you think she's getting? <laughs> like Fish cod, oil? Cod liver oil tablets. Cod liver oil tablets. <laughs> so Cheryl talks about the nightclub brawl that happened. Um, she says, I got myself into a pickle nightclub like any teenage girl does. Got myself in a little bit of a pickle. A little bit of a, a, pickle. Bit of a pickle. Quite a quite a soft uh, a soft version of assaulting yes, <laughs> a toilet attendant and being charged with racist. <laughs> yes, we. She was accused of assaulting a toilet attendant yeah. three weeks after Girls Aloud were formed. It all happened in the toilets of a nightclub. Now in Guildford. In Gil- <laughs> This is very much a moment of the show where you think you realize, oh, this whole series is controlled by the record company and it is PR, and they're trying to. You know, give Cheryl... Cheryl plays a bit of a victim here, doesn't she? Yeah, she does. Because she talks about always being portrayed as the bitch in the band. I've still got that stigma of being the bitch in the band. (laughs) (laughs) I wrote down every Cheryl Crow because I wanted to do her accent. (laughs) Cheryl, Cheryl's amazing because as we discussed in our um, Girls Loud special... Have we done a Cheryl special? No, we have not, my friend. Feels like we have. That's certainly coming in 2021. (laughs) Anything Cheryl says is incredibly mundane... It can be, she makes it sound like it's the most interesting phrase in the world ever. Yeah. Like she could be talking about having a cup of tea, but you listen to every word and yep. syllable, you hang for it. You know what I mean? <laughs> Absolutely. That's actually the true definition of someone being a star. Oh, she is a star. She is a star. And then, you know, she she says it can still make us cry, still make us bitter. Mm-hmm. So she's still kind of hanging on to the, that stigma. That stigma. Where do you think they? Do you think they had lunch that day in the food court? What do you think they got? Mm, I think they. I think they went to Pret. Do you think they went to Pret? Got I think quite so. a quick thing from Pret. What do you think? Are, what do you think Cheryl and Jones Pret ordered be in two thousand six? Mm, I think. I think Joan would want whatever she could get the closest of Pret to do, like a ham and cheese. Well, they they do a fancy ham and cheese. Yeah, I think she'd get she'd get a fancy ham and cheese, mm-hmm. and then I think. I think Cheryl would get that. <laughs> the crayfish salad. I, I 100% agree. She yeah. would do the, the crayfish no sandwich sandwich. Yes. Which is basically like a salad. Yes. Crayfish. In a, in America, they call it crawfish. Crawfish. Yeah. yeah. Not really sure what the difference is there. Cray or craw. Cheryl's all over them. Yeah. And then, 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 then there's just kind of like a wrap up of the shopping. And I couldn't quite understand. It's her paying for something in a shop. And did the did the person working at the shop charge her nine hundred and twenty one pounds? No, I five hundred and twenty one pounds. I thought it was one hundred and twenty one pounds. So it was like one hundred and twenty. That'll be one hundred and twenty one pounds, please. And Cheryl says, "Not a bad day of shopping." Yeah, I swear no. she said nine. I think she said nine hundred. I put. I tried to put the subtitles on because it's not like an official. You know, I tried to put closed captions on because it's not an official thing. It it was kind of gobbledygook, but I saw they did put the number nine in there. That's really? where I got nine hundred and twenty-one from. Do you think she spent nine hundred twenty-one pounds in Holland and Barrett? No, see, that, 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 genuinely, I thought, oh my god, she spent nine hundred pounds in H and B. But actually, you can see that they're in a clothes shop. So I think this is, if we're going to go with the lie that this show is telling us, I think she spent nine hundred twenty-one pounds on a a black blazer, a white a white vest top, a blue scarf, and a new <laughs> pair of you know Specsavers Spectacle Wear of the Year chunky frame. What for the Julia McDonald show? Well, she's going to Julia McDonald. She's got to. <laughs> dress up <laughs> right well thank god she's been shopping because off to this next this next scene lit and it's the the fashion show with ashley i've written fashion in quotation marks yeah i i think there's definitely some give in the term fashion when it comes to julian mcdonald yeah now have you ever encountered julian mcdonald i haven't okay i have i mean we should explain to our american listeners he is a very much like a British designer who his his big thing was he was one of the first people to do like like those diffusion lines at like a department store yeah. so he'd be like Debenhams Julian McDonald's so yeah. he'd be like if he did like a line at Macy's right it's very much that isn't it yeah and his dresses are as we see in the show later I describe them all as outfits that someone would wear on Strictly Come Dancing slash Dancing with the Stars he's got a very kind of glitzy yeah. A glitzy glam with a slightly like racy, I'm going to use the word slutty edge. 
It's not, it's not subtle. <laughs> it's definitely not subtle. But I don't know, speaking of subtle, I don't know if you noticed, there's just in this kind of establishing bit where Cheryl and Ashley are in a people carrier and we see them driving past uh, an O'Neill's pub. <laughs> mm. And I have to admit, I did get a little, just a tiny little twinge of homesickness when I saw that O'Neill's pub. Not that I would ever want to go in one, but there's something about seeing a London street with an O'Neill's pub. I think it's, it's that one in Soho. It gave me like a little... I don't know, I got a little frisson of, like, homesickness. It was weird. Which which O'Neill's pub in Soho are you talking about? The, uh, the one at the top of Carnaby Street. That's uh, the one it looked like they were driving past. Do you know what I mean? Remember there's that, like... The Liberty's End? Yeah. The, the Liberty's End. Yeah. Oh, we're, we're near um, Leon, aren't we? <laughs> yes, right next door to Leon. And Starbucks is <laughs> that O'Neill's pub. I don't, thank you for situating. I know exactly where we are. <laughs> so uh, Cheryl's excited about this because she likes Julia McDonald's clothes. And she's enjoyed watching him on Project Catwalk. Yeah. As she says herself. Ashley is not excited. Yeah, he seems... Ashley, in sharp contrast to Cheryl, Ashley seems very young. Yes. It's like it's like dragging a teenage boy to go to, like, to go see his grandparents. Yeah. He has that vibe. Definitely. You know what I mean? He would... 100% rather be at home playing on his PlayStation oh, than yeah. sitting with his with his fiance in her specs and blazer and scarf on the way to see Julia McDonald. Yeah, and also it feels like he's not even been mic'd in this scene. Like, she's definitely wearing a mic, but like you can barely hear him speak. He's got such a quiet speaking voice, isn't he? Yeah, I feel like he didn't even know a show was being filmed. Yeah. And he was just shoved in a people carrier. And then, like, and then Cheryl starts asking him questions and there's like a really bright light on top of the camera. <laughs> well, there's also a lot of darkness with seeing ashley and cheryl together anyway because yeah. we all know what is to come of their relationship so there's that's also the historians in us looking back every like every moment of them together makes me kind of cringe because i just it makes me sad i know and you can i mean it's very easy to say now but there's some moments even in this scene where you can kind of get a little tinge of that the first the first point being that ashley seems very young um, at this point, they say they've been engaged for a year yeah. and they met because they lived in the same complex. Yeah, he was playing tennis. <laughs> yeah, I didn't quite understand that. But then it's Valentine's Day. So the whole idea in this scene is they're going to go to the fashion show. They're going to have Valentine's dinner afterwards. Ashley, um, Cheryl asks Ashley, will you be my Valentine? And Ashley says, yeah, I've got no choice. We're getting married in four months. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we get to the fashion show. Looks like they're going to the Masonic Lodge for this fashion show, and that's sort of near Covent Garden and Holborn, isn't it? It is, yes, yeah. between there. That Masonic Lodge is right next door to a, a nightclub called Sway that I used to be forced to go to on multiple occasions for, like, Friday night drinks with my friends that all worked in, like, offices and had real jobs. It was a real, like, Friday night after the office. Just go down Sway. Go down Sway and with the gals from HR. It was It's quite something, that place. It's bad. Oh, and it's one street over from uh, Premier Model Management. Yeah. <laughs> another another chapter in my life from when I worked on the model agency for Channel 4. Here's my impression of the people who worked at Premier. So this is them answering the phone. Hello, Premier. That's it. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. So we're at the Julia McDonald fashion show. Cheryl, now they've got front row. Yeah. Because Cheryl before was like, we'll probably be at the back, won't we? Yeah, it's like more Cheryl, of her faux humble stuff. Cheryl, you're famous and also you've got a camera following you. It's yeah. fine. You might actually have to walk the runway. <laughs> um, so Cheryl um, and Ashley, it looks like they're seated beside an extra from Britney's Piece of Me video. Did you notice that? <laughs> no, I didn't. Kind of like this comic character with big hair and sunglasses and like a, a glitzy, fluffy bolero thing going on. I was on. very overwhelmed by the Julia McDonald fashion show. So it, it begins and we see Paris Hilton in a wedding dress. Now, <laughs> Paris Hilton in 2006, that's a big booking. Yeah, that's a really big booking. It's definitely, and the way they edited it, that was definitely the end of the show. And oh, they yeah. used that as the first shot. I couldn't really get a handle on the other two. They showed two other models. I couldn't get a handle on the dresses, but the gold number looked very Strictly Come Dancing. Yeah. It was like a gold sh short backless, like tutu, rah-rah skirt thing. That was very Strictly. Mm -hmm. And then, so we, we only really see a quick glimpse of that. And then, you know, Cheryl's wanging on about it afterwards saying she's like oh it's quite starstruck seeing paris hilton blah 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 blah. and then she does a shout out wait before that she okay. does a great impression of paris hilton with her pout doesn't she? oh yeah she does yeah so she, she has does, one expression yeah she does a pout like this and it's really good yeah and then she does a shout out to chantelle now this is Chantel from Big Brother. Not Chanel. <laughs> you can't get confused with Chanel. Chanel from Big Brother, who was the Victoria Beckham lookalike. This is Chantel from Big Brother, who was the Paris Hilton lookalike. Look yeah, because she said we should have had Chantel fight our corner. 
It's like, what, what's going on? What a wild, a wild ride. I mean, Chantal from Big Brother, that was quite something. Do you remember her, her whole story? She was the one in, um, she, she, she was into, in Celebrity yes. Big Brother, but she wasn't famous. But yes. she had to prefer, pretend to be famous by being big in Japan. Yes, she pretended, that she had to pretend that she was in a girl band that used to be big in Japan. Called like the kit, the kitten somethings yeah. or something. Yeah. <laughs> and she had the love affair with Preston from The Ordinary Boys. That's boys right. will be boys. Remember that oh, song? yeah. Oof. And I will say at the very end of this episode, when the credits are rolling, it's like, coming up next on E4, it's Chantel's dream dates. Oh, wow. I mean, I'm just assuming that's just Chantel going on dates. Probably. Yeah. So we've watched the Julian McDonald fashion show. Oh, no, no, no. We haven't. Wait, what? What's happened now? They've they've gone backstage to meet Julian McDonald. Well, before they do, I hope they're looking their best. (laughs) Like, are we, Ashley? I'm covered in fluff from your jumper. (laughs) Yeah, she's covered in fluff from Ashley's jumper. This is also probably something she spent nine hundred twenty-one pounds on in Blue Water, right? Well, that's and why you... she's that's why she's worried about the fluff. Yeah, and then so they go backstage and meet Julian McDonald, who I think is inexplicably wearing Cheryl's "Fight for This Love" video outfit. <laughs> well, he's he is wearing that, just like looking into the future, and also it does look like the 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 outfits on the runway show could be in like a later girls allowed tour yes so cheryl's really yeah i don't know is it wait is this like christmas carol is this cheryl <laughs> just traveling through time yeah. and also actually his look is fight for this love meets britney's circus yes like, very ringmaster kind of look yeah i'm about that piece <laughs> of me extra oh wow all worlds are colliding and then yeah they leave because they've got to go to their valentine's meal because she's starving i'm starving i'm fucking starving and i just wrote i'm starving quotation marks and once again she can say the most boring things but be mesmerizing yeah. and then i was i was saying where do you think they went for dinner oh okay it's valentine's day and it's i think right they, there. i think they went to the ivy oh yeah because i tell you what she could hop in that people carry yeah. ivy's not that far away it feels like they feel like the couple at that time where the pinnacle of romance to her would be him getting them a table at the Ivy. Have you ever been to the Ivy in London? I haven't, no. I think I've been once. And wasn't the thing always like, oh, you've got to get the shepherd's pie. <sighs> like, okay. <laughs> but also now it looks like in the UK, Ivies have popped up all over. Yeah. Like there's one in Glasgow and there's one... Oh, really diffusing that, diffusing that name around the country, eh? I know. And then we hear from Drew, their tour manager. And Minder. And Minder, who I think sounds a little bit like Mr. Bean. <laughs> It sounds a bit like this. He's like, oh, yeah. So I've got these paparazzi driving around all the time following us. Don't you think he sounds a bit like that? He also has the air of Tony Scott Lee from the Totally Scott Lee <laughs> yeah, series. Just constantly driving around talent, you yeah. know? Kind of shaking off the shaking off the paps. Well, yeah, because they've um, he talks about the paps here. Again, a real attack on the press. They go for it here in the whole storyline mm. of the show. And, um, you know, because he's picking uh, Cheryl and Ashley up after their dinner. And there's Paps following them, and he's talking about them. Anyway, do you know what we should do? Okay, have you got your passport? Oh, I hope management's got it. Did you Did you get your Euros? Oh, but, but no, Peter Lorraine, he's going to do those for me. Okay, well, we better get to the airport, because I'll tell you where we're flying to. Where are we going? The island of Ibiza. Aye! <laughs> <laughs> Ibiza. Before, before we get it's for there, for any Americans that are listening, insisting on calling it Ibiza. Ibiza. It's Ibiza. Before we get there, we know that we get a very quick scene of uh, Rachel Cook gliding around London in that creaky black cab again. Oh, yes. She's saying something about the band. I don't know what. But... Yeah, there's, this whole this whole episode's filled with Rachel Cook in that cab just saying something about pr- the press and promotions. Like, yeah, we get it, babe. Yeah. Hope she's kept those receipts. Yeah. Get um, the label to pay for oh, it. Yeah. <laughs> So we are going to Ibiza because it's four weeks until the single release. A whole yeah. lot of history is coming out. So the gals are going to go to the, 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 the Balearic Island. Well, I'll tell you what, the people who go to Ibiza on holiday are just the kind of people that want to hear a ballad. <laughs> a lot of history. <laughs> Maybe like a, a perfect, remix of yeah, a lot of history. Like a perfect marriage of, of fan and song, that is. I no. don't know what they were thinking saying them to Ibiza for this. It doesn't make any sense at all. One of the one of the concerts that they're performing at, um, they have like a, a picture of like the billboard outside. It's got Girls Aloud and there's a concert with Electric Sex and Ryan O'Gorman. Yeah. Don't, don't know any of those words. Not a clue. They're performing at Eden. Eden, that's right. Yeah. Have you ever been to Ibiza? I know we talk about this all the time. I haven't. I still would love to go. This, this, just the quick flashes they showed of like the, the strip and... 
kind of general Ibiza stuff gave me, so I've got two, two versions of Ibiza. I've got the lovely Ibiza that I did for my friend's husband's 40th birthday, which was one of the best holidays of my life. 40th birthday, yeah. a bit older, Lux. I, Ibiza town, get Lux. A bit, get a villa away yeah, from. We were on like the nice side of Ibiza, yada, yeah. yada. Nice side of the island. And then there's this trip that I took to Ibiza when I was 20, 21 or 22, just after I finished uni. So literally like the year after this TV show, I went to Ibiza with my friends and we... We just really went for it and it was, it, I feel like kind of sick looking at it. It makes yeah. me want to throw up a little bit. In fact, shout out to one of my friends who will remain nameless who actually was sick on a bar in Ibiza. She did a shot, just threw straight up on the bar. Well, it's quick. <laughs> so we're in Ibiza. There's, before they get to Eden to do their, their live performance on uh, lots of director's <laughs> chairs. Oh God, that they, performance. They, they have a very quick radio interview. Now... The girls here are sort of dressed like they're mid-journey from the beach to the villa. Do you know what I mean? Like they've just been to the beach and Hilary Shaw, who we'll get to in a bit. Oh God. Hilary Shaw says, girls, just nip in here. We'll do a quick interview. They've all sort of got like salty hair, shoved up. Bit pink. Bit pink, all wearing sunglasses. (laughs) Someone's got a beach bag. I don't don't look happy. They do not look happy. It looks like Sarah's doing all the heavy lifting in that interview, doesn't it? Well, no, there's a great moment though, because the, the DJ says, what are you? And Cheryl just says, pop at its best. I'm like, that's a very strong answer. Yeah, she's they're, right. They're not wrong. So enter Hillary Shaw, though. Well, I mean, well, yeah. Then we get some quick shots of them actually doing their performance in Eden, and yeah, it seems to be on a very small stage, and they're they're performing the show yeah. on director's chairs. Should have known. Should have cared. Should have hung around the kitchen in my underwear, acting, acting like, like a lady. lady. <laughs> but <laughs> I, in this scene, I do get from them kind of what they are. They're sort of like the thick girls from the beach you saw earlier and they just happen to perform at a club. Yeah. They've got very much that vibe. It's very like, they're very attractive and they're good singers, but they're very girl next door attainable. Yes. You know what I mean? It's like, it's basically like if you got like the fit girl from your friendship group and they all joined a group together. Yes. That's what they are. Absolutely. But you might see them at the bar afterwards doing a shot. (laughs) So yeah, they're, they're, we see them performing and then basically we cut to a restaurant and the voiceover tells us they're having their first night off they've had in like two months. Yeah, it's the first time letting their hair down in oof. two months. Yeah, and uh, oof. What's talking of shots? What's going on here? Oh God, it seems to be Sarah, of course, is initiating, you know, our party girl, which is a little, you know, is going to get a little dark throughout the history. But at the time of, of release, she was very much known as the fun party girl. It's her doing shots. Is she doing them with the, with Drew? Is she doing shots with Drew? I don't know. Is it like, oh, should we do a vodka shot, Sarah? But they're doing that thing with the hand behind the back. Yeah. Isn't that called like a blowjob shot? What? I'm sure. If you have your, if you hold your hands behind your back and you do a shot without your hands, you just go down with your mouth and you put it up. It's called a blowjob shot. Oh. Oh, you're really perturbed by I that. I found that really distasteful. For someone who says disgusting things all the time, for some reason, you really got to me with that one. I Ugh. didn't create this. Hang on, I'm don't Googling go- it. Don't Google blowjob shot. You're going to get something oh, very you're right, different. You're right. I'm not going to Google that. <laughs> Let's just, I'll believe you, okay? Okay, well, they're doing shots without their hands. Sarah's doing one. Yeah. But then we've got Kim, Kimberly. Yeah, our Kim's doing it. Our and Kim's then, up for it. Crucially, as we're going to discover later in this series, we have just a very quick cutaway shot of Cheryl and Nicola. And they're both doing that thing that, you know, when some people are having fun and some people aren't. And, you know, when people who are not having fun, rather than talking amongst themselves or excusing themselves from a situation, you know, when people cross their arms, Cheryl and Nicola are giving me real arms crossed, I'm cold, I'm tired vibes. Nadine, nowhere to be found. (laughs) She's refused to film with the crew again. She's gone. (laughs) She's doing a long distance phone call. I don't know what the time difference between Ibiza and LA is, but you know. What do you mean? Who's she talking to? uh uh Don't reveal our biggest reveal of the show. We also get a lovely, lovely shot because the whole gang at the table, Hillary, manager Hillary, who we're going to get to in a minute, she's sitting there showing her pearl earrings. (laughs) She's sitting there, but I tell you what, she's done some shots in her time. Hills. Yeah. She's, don't, don't, don't try and be a prude with us, Hills. I know. She's got a disapproving look on her face. Like she, yeah, exactly. Like she hasn't downed a few shots in her time. Yeah. Smoked a pack of 50. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're then all bundled into a people carrier. Yep. And Sarah here is, <laughs> she's adamant that she's speaking Spanish. She says, muy bueno. And then someone's like, no, it's muy bien. She's like, no, it's muy bueno. And then she gets in. And then she just like, the last shot of the night, the people carrier door is sliding closed. And, and Sarah throws her head back and is just cackling. Yeah, she's basically going like, ciao bella. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Linguini, yeah. <laughs> Everyone's just like, oh God. How many people carriers have they been in with her banging on about something? <laughs> so, 
It's the next morning. It's the morning after. It's the morning after. And because they've had a night in the tiles, which we do not see. Absolutely. And then we, we are treated to kind of lounging around the villa. And I'm going to just yet again point out that this is another track from the What Will the Neighbors Say album. This is Deadlines and Diets that's playing in the background. It's a real, like, slow, chilled out one. Wow. It's what you'd want to listen to by a pool. It really is. It's the chill out song. Deadlines and diets. There's a, a great slow-mo shot of Sarah in the pool having the time of her life. <laughs> yeah, she's still uh, going strong the day after, isn't she? Yeah. She's having a lovely time. Throughout, so, this, throughout this whole scene, I want to give a real shout out to the true stars, which are the cricket noises. Yeah. Just crickets in the background. Cricket noises and flip phones are the, the two major stars <laughs> of this scene. So the whole point of this scene is that they have discovered a paparazzi in the bushes, taking pictures of them by the pool. But crucially... I think that they weren't filming when this was happening. So this is all being kind of reconstructed in them telling the story yeah. and showing the bush, but you never actually get to see the paparazzi. Yeah. But this is a lot of very reassuring shots of Kim, our Kim, who I continue, will always love and will continue to love. She's like the anchor keeping this ship steady all yeah. the time. And she's just like her. She's on her flip phone. She's like, oh yeah, I saw some paparazzi in the yeah. bushes. Like, that one second we were like, and then they were there. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, I did one shot with Sarah last she, night, but I feel fine. I she's the opposite of Cheryl in that she says mundane things and they sound, <laughs> they sound mundane, but I love her for it. I know. I love Kim. Cheryl, meanwhile, she's talking about the paparazzi and she's like, it's stalkerish. It's disgusting. And to be fair, she she is right here because she's talking about how they often hone in on their private parts. Mm-hmm. And she says there's a real difference between a public beach versus like a private villa. And they're in a villa yeah. here. So, you know. One thing being on a public beach, but in a private villa. Private villa? Private villa. By the pool? <laughs> you know? And then we get, uh, as they're having this conversation, we get a strange, very strange cutaway of Sarah uh, learning Spanish from a discman. <laughs> Sarah, Sarah does not care about the, the pap and the, yeah. and the, the trees. You'll, you'll notice there's a theme throughout this whole show, which is there are scenes with Nicola, Cheryl and Kimberly together. And then there are very separate scenes with Sarah by herself and Nadine by herself. Yeah. <laughs> Sarah's having a lovely time. I'm glad she's learning Spanish, though, because they're Italian, you know. <laughs> not muy bueno. Not, bu- not muy bueno. <laughs> this is also the moment with the crickets singing in the background. We properly get to meet another character in the show, and that's... Hillary Shaw, manager. She's talking. Her name's Hillary Shaw. I don't know why I'm going to give her like a New York accent. That's how manager. She's always like Hillary <sighs> Shaw Hillary from Shaw. her company Shaw Thing Management. <laughs> Here she is talking with a Bluetooth headset in one ear, just in case she gets a call. I did go into the Shaw Thing uh, website Ooh. just to see, you know, what's going on because you know Peter Lorraine, he's doing very well for himself. What's Hillary Shaw up to? I do not recognize any of her current clients. Oh, hit me. Um, I, I didn't even write them down because I did not recognize them. It looks like, though, they're all the sort of um, clients who are in musicals. Okay. You know, they're like stars of different musicals, so we just wouldn't know. Right. Where's Nadine? Not a clue. We do get a, <laughs> a quick shot of her. She's very, very elusive in this show, isn't she? She really is. Wait, is she filming? Was she the pap? <laughs> yeah, she was the pap in the bush. She's She's been on. She's been on the phone to the tabloids. Like, I'll get you some pictures of, of Sarah's bum. Give me some money, just transferring yours yeah, straight to me. I'll do it on my flop phone. Send it to my Irish bank. My flop flop phone. Flop phone. <laughs> so we jet back to London. Now I've called this next uh, sequence back in Blighty. Yeah. So we're back in London and we see the result of the paparazzi shot. And it is an incredibly close-up picture of Sarah's bum as she leans over to like adjust a sun lounger or something, isn't she? It oh. is literally right up in her business and it is huge like it, the picture it's the it's the front page of the sun no it's the daily sport oh, i was at the daily sport which sounds like a made-up tabloid yes. the daily sport but they don't really talk about sport <laughs> no but yeah you're right sarah's like sarah's bum's front page and there's also a headline that says girls allowed cotton bed together yeah like, what's going and they're on like, oh it says She's like, oh, someone's with her and they're talking about it. And they're like, oh, it says you all share a bed together. She's like, what, what are you talking about? Because inside, she's front cover, but then inside there are mm. pictures of them all, like, on nights out, kind of, like, drunkenly giving, giving each other a kiss. Right. I wonder if these are pics from Spain, from that Her, night out maybe. we didn't get. Yeah. And it says, we sleep together. Mean, so Sarah, throughout this, now, she's sort of pretending to be pissed off. Well, she, well she's just said to them all... Oh yeah, and inside they're saying all this about us, and they're yeah. saying this and this, and then some. Then she says about two seconds later, "I'm not going to read it; it's a lot of shit." Yeah, and I'm like, I thought you just read it. Yeah, and you know, there's a little bit of kind of 2006 happening when they're talking about this because 
you know, Hillary, Hillary Shaw is like, you look great, kid. You got no cellulite. It's a compliment. It's a compliment. And then she's like, we could get plenty of promotion selling thongs. <laughs> yeah. And it's all just a bit like, oh, maybe we should actually think about how grim it is that someone has literally zoomed in on a woman's crotch as she bends over. Like, it's kind of disgusting and yeah. they shouldn't be doing it. It's like the 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 picture, she, she looks phenomenal yeah. and she's gorgeous but that's not really the point yes exactly she it's, didn't consent to yeah, have this picture in the front page such like a hideous invasion so that's yeah i didn't really really enjoy that kind of whole section and then basically this this it, kind of segues us into we kind of go from hillary via peter to uh to our kim so yeah, peter's got a few things to say doesn't he yeah so peter's like basically saying oh you know this is a very strange statement where he tries to make where he's basically like you know if they get photographed falling out of cabs and out on the out on the town you know it's uh you know does it sell records then he just goes really quiet and he's like it does help raise awareness <laughs> yes it's yes. like okay peter we're we're clever enough to read between the lines of what you're saying thank you there's a, there's definitely a long pause before he answers his own question yeah so you know he's basically this whole segment is about how the paps are they caught the paps a little bit to get the attention that they need to sell the records etc yeah and we cut to oh just like a warm hug like a warm mug of oval team. We've got a nice little in the car interview and chat with our Kim. Yeah. Don't Kim, know where she is or what she's doing. Well, Kim, but she's in her kind of like her, her Renault sports car. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's an, on a gray drizzly road. And she does say, I suppose we are a tabloid kind of man, aren't we? Just love. <laughs> oh, I'm like, oh, you'd be whatever you want to be. Kimberly. Oh, I love her so much. Just, just even at this time has the, the essence of a comforting, like 40 year old. Oh, just like lovely perfect so she's talking about how where she lives there is one paparazzi that follows her around and they <laughs> this is where she iconically mentions that they always catch her coming out of pizza express now what would kimberly order at pizza express well 100 percent, she's splitting those dough balls to start with she's gonna wait i mean you're there you gotta get you gotta them. have the dough balls gotta have the dough balls and then i, I think she's got um I think she's ordered a Diet Coke yep. out of one of those like little glass bottles yep. you don't get in America, but you do get in Europe. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. What else we got? Then I think she gets that pizza with the egg on it. Is that the one, the pizza that's got the cuss out with the, the salad dumped in the middle? Well, probably she... No, I don't think that's not our Kim style to do the, the salad one. Okay. I think she gets the, the spinach and egg pizza. Oh, that's nice. She might not finish it, but she might take a bit home. Yeah, exactly. Oh, Kimberly. You should have a Diet Coke, and then maybe if she's really feeling fun, she'll have a little glass of white wine. Oh, we got one. a little glass of white? Yeah, she'll be like, oh, I'll have a, I'll have a I'll Pinot Grigio. I'll have a wee glass of vino. I'll have that white, just yeah. the second one down, I don't mind. Oh, lovely house. I would, still to this day, I would fucking kill to go to Pizza Express with Kimberly and just, like, have a lovely <laughs> evening with her. I bet she's, like, then, now, forever, I would do that with her. What, split the dough balls with Kimberly? Yeah, split the dough balls with Kimberly and just, like, shoot the shit. Oh. She's lovely. So that's a little, a little insight into Kimberly's life. We then get, just out of nowhere, Nadine. Yeah, she literally, it's almost like she's, she looks like she's in like a changing room in a shop. It's almost like all of a sudden the changing room curtain gets flung aside and she's just like, oh, getting out of a cab when the girl band is an art form, they should be teaching you. First time you're starting with knickers, knickers. You need, you, need like, you need a lesson, get out of a car. The first time I got caught. And then there's like a shot of a newspaper yeah. with Nadine getting out of a cab and they've blurred her underwear area and it just says Nadine no knickers. Yeah. It's, she's very insistent that she's, they were just getting a, a shot of me knickers. I know, which is, it is very early to mid 2000s, yeah. this whole thing, isn't like it? Like super dark, basically being like someone in a, a girl band just so casually talking about paparazzi trying to take a picture of her crotch. Yeah. And then she even says there's this super dark line where she's saying, I remember my first knicker shot. And then she's like, but once it's happened to you, you know, quite a few times, you just kind of find a way to move on. It's like, oh, you really shouldn't have to. Because <laughs> she quite specifically said that after the first one, she thought her world was shattered. But once you've had it a hundred times, you get over it. Yeah, it's like, like, Nadine, you don't you, have to. You shouldn't have to get over having someone trying to take a picture of your crotch. It's so grim. I'm, I'm glad that's a practice that doesn't really happen anymore, right? Yeah. It's kind of that, that whole world has kind of stopped. That like falling out of a cab culture. Well, I think, well, first of all, no one's going out right now, Well, are yeah, they? true. What I would give to show my, my knickers to a paparazzi After falling a out of a cab. Yeah, that O'Neill's. It means to Eden. <laughs> <laughs> right, next up. Do you know what? We're going to need, we're going to need a photo to go on the cover of our latest single. Yeah. A whole lot of history is coming out. Mm. We're going to need a photo. It's going to need a whole lot of look. Oh, yeah. 
So let's go to a whole lot of photo shoots. So we, uh, you know, we we see the the smoke, the smoke of a cigarette coming out of Hillary Shaw, and she's like, "Hey, kid, image is everything with these girls. We gotta get them on TV. You gotta get the right makeup. You gotta get right hair. Okay." <laughs> I want to give a shout out to Hillary sitting at her desk. There's a fax machine in the background, and also a book of twelve first class stamps. <laughs> I feel like I have at some point been in communication with Hillary Shaw. I think yeah. I, I think I have, yeah. I distinctly, I, I'm sure I've emailed her at some point about some detail to do with the performance. Yeah, I think I've maybe dealt with her. I was working a show and Sarah came on. Mm. I think I dealt with her then. Sarah was very nervous because she's by herself. And I'm sure I've told you this before she cooked her. Banoffee pie. <laughs> we all had some. And that was it. Yeah. So, we're at the photo shoot. We need to talk about these. <laughs> talk about this look. So... This is that look that we're going to get haunted with for this whole series, which is the very, I'm calling it the patterned look. So we've got, some people are in stripes, some people are in gingham, some people are in polka dot, some people are in all of it. Yeah. It's, it's at, at first glance, you're like, oh, nautical. Yeah. Then yeah. you're like, oh, French. Then you're like, oh, Minnie Mouse. Oh. Wait a minute. Everything. Oh, yeah. So actually, if it was Minnie Mouse on a boat in France, that's that whole look mixed together. Yes. Oh, and she's also um, having a picnic. Yes, 100%. And it's a hot day, so she needs like a big hat on. I was going to say, floppy hat. shout out to Nadine's floppy hat. There's a great shot where Nadine's trying on the floppy hat. There's just a very quick cutaway of Nadine <laughs> kind of narrowing her eyes as if to say, hmm, not sure about that choice. <laughs> and then they show, that's the, the patterns look. And then they have kind of the, I think it's the look that they settle on, right? It's the all white look is the, the picture that they show. Yeah, I've written white outfits with statement black accessories. Yeah. Belts, loose bow ties, yeah. detailing, etc. I will say, it mm. make this this look far more than the, the pattern confusion makes more sense for yeah. Hollow History. Because Hollow History isn't bright colors, no. Minnie Mouse on a picnic on a boat in the heat i really like sarah's look in the white the Me white too. outfit she's wearing she's wearing a giant like giant wearing, shirt with her boyfriend's shirt boyfriend's shirt which is belted mm-hmm. and she's got heels but she's wearing white socks, socks. with the heels so she looks yeah. it looks like genuinely like they've done like a oh you had a like she had a one night stand and then she grabbed this and this and this and like hit the town again it's really i think she looks cool like, i think she looks really cool yeah. in general these outfits they look dated but great yes yeah they all look great yeah and, and also this is another moment from where i was like Oh, their whole appeal was they're very like sexy, but they're also fun. Yeah. And they're also approachable. Absolutely. So this next section is a little confusing because we yeah. jump around all over the place. I've just called it doing TV. Yeah. I called it getting on TV. Getting on TV. We'll tell you what, we're going to need someone to do that. Yeah. Got to get Rachel Cook on it. Rachel Cook. She shouts out children, uh, young girls and gay men. <laughs> the people who love girls aloud. <laughs> like, she ain't wrong. She's she's on it. There's a shot of her corralling the girls in the dressing room, like, um, Kimberly, let's let's just go now. Should we should we head out? Should we should we, should uh, we uh, head out? <laughs> doing that very, very British way of speaking that I've got very used to not doing over here. Don't yeah. you think? That yeah. kind of like So uh, I'm gonna just do this and uh it's like, it's if you try to do that here, people would literally be like, I don't understand what you're saying. It's you like, need to be more direct. A producer, basically, like, you or I have gone yeah. to Rachel and say, right, the show's about to start, we need the girls. Yeah. And she's like, okay, I'll get them. Um, um, girls, uh, can we just uh, perhaps... Should we just should we, uh, wrap this up and we'll head up? Yeah, it's very we'll... much like if you ever have a, a, a group on a show that you're dealing with and you have to brief them, you get Rachel Cook to get them all in one place and she'll go, girls, girls, everyone listen, everyone needs to listen. <laughs> Meanwhile, there's a lot of um, drinking of coffee out of styrofoam cups. Yeah. You know so I mean? they're, they're, it looks like they're at the BBC for some of this, but yes. it's a mixture of... There's a mixture of dressing rooms yeah. here. In general, this whole show, there's just a lot of chopping around of different things. So we're definitely in the BBC, the old BBC dressing rooms yeah. downstairs. Right. It's the, it's the big, uh, if you had like a group come on a show, we'll put them in the downstairs dressing rooms. Right. They'll all go in there together. There's kind of those burgundy fabrics and wood panelling. Right. I have had an encounter with Lily Allen in this dressing room. <laughs> It went very well. Oh, a good encounter. Good encounter. She was yeah. in great form. So Rachel Rachel Cook, the TV promotions executive at Polydor UK, she's talking about how pop music has kind of changed. Mm, what's the current climate? And she says, she shouts out James Blunt, uh-huh. Jamie Cullum, and Katie Mellua. Yeah. Now, I'm obviously only interested in talking about Katie Mellua from that list. Now, remind me, what was her big thing? Her big thing was the closest thing to crazy 
This is the closest thing to crazy I have ever been. Is she in your Permi playlist? Feeling 22, acting 17. No, I actually, I did not even, she was a bridge too far even for me. She was too, too slow. I needed like a pop. She was awful. She did that 10,000 bicycles in Beijing song as well. Remember that one? Oh yeah, too many bikes for me. Yeah. Well, Pop on one of those bikes and fuck off, Katie. Rachel, well, she did. <laughs> Rachel Cook's point here is that the current climate is basically not pop. Yeah. And this leads us into, well, we're at CD UK. Yes. We, we land in one spot and it's CD UK. The dressing room of CD UK. And Rachel says that um, last year, in the mm. 2005 Brit Awards, the girls were nominated for Best Pop, but they lost to McFly. They knew they were going to. They knew they were going to. They were fine with that. Of course you're going to lose to McFly. McFly. Of course you are. 2005, you lose to McFly. Yeah. That's was fine. That, was that when McFly first came around? Who knows? I know how much you'd hate that song. <laughs> so, but do you know what? It's 2006 now, and the girls didn't get nominated. Shocking. I like I like Rachel here because she she veers from her sort of quite professional demeanor to being like I think she's basically saying that they're in shock that yeah. the girls did not get nominated. It's true. And I guess that's the whole point of this segment is they're kind of talking about how how pop music is changed the definition of pop is changing. And we'll get to that when we have a surprise appearance by someone wild. <laughs> a couple of wild characters. I think well I think we're ready for it because we're we're warming up for a whole lot of history. Yeah. We're warming up for the live performance of a whole lot of history in CD UK. Well, and Rachel Kirk very importantly says here says that CD UK is a crucial TV show for the girls. And I wrote, and for us Rachel <laughs> Crucial fucking TV show. Do you remember when you talked about the gay fans earlier? We're still here, okay? (laughs) So yeah, so they're um, they're they're getting ready. We get treated to a a wild acapella version of whole lot of history while they're getting their makeup done. Sounded good. Sounded great. Sounded lovely. Didn't hear any evidence of that on the actual performance on the show. Nope. Definitely, definitely sang (laughs) to a track on the show, and none of it was Mike. That's fine. Yep, of course. But meanwhile, do you know what? Now's a good time for a visitor. Who's gonna pop in? Come in, pet. Come in. <laughs> Are we? Are we? It's our Keisha from the Sugar Babes. Well, well, this is a bit of a confusing scene because essentially it is Keisha from the Sugar Babes. Yeah. Sugar Babes have been nominated this year at the Brits. What have they been nominated for? I, c- I couldn't quite understand what she was saying when she was talking about what category it was. Because she wasn't the, sure, was she? Something with the Kaiser Chiefs, she said. Didn't she? <laughs> and then me- then she's utterly, she cannot believe that Girls Aloud haven't been nominated. And like, uh, because Nadine tells her, we haven't been nominated. <laughs> Keisha's yeah, like, a rare, a rare on-camera appearance from Nadine. Yeah, and Keisha's like, "What? What are you talking about? How could you not be, be nominated for Best Pop? She's got a point." Does our Keisha? Oh yeah, I actually said this whole scene is Keisha pops in to discuss the state of pop with the girls. Mm. <laughs> this is like the UN, isn't it? But yeah. all about pop music. So yeah, Sarah pipes in here because she talks about the people who have been nominated at the Brits 2006. Mm. She says, "Katie Mellowa, Westlife, James Blunt, are they pop?" Yeah. They're not, Sarah. They're not. They're I not think pop. Westlife are pop. Sure, she fine. Shouldn't, she shouldn't have said Westlife. Yeah. She should have actually said Kaiser Chiefs like Keisha did, because, you know, also, oh, Kaiser Chiefs. I predict a riot. What a tough, tough song to even think about. Please. Let's not even invoke the do spirit not, of do not bring Ricky that. fucking whatever his name is. Do not bring that to this podcast. Thank you very much. <laughs> right. Oh, what's that noise? <laughs> Another knock on the Another door. Another knock on the door. Two people coming in now. Who is it? So they get... They get one of them, well, basically they say, someone says, oh, it's a new Sugar Babes sister. Which is... Well, so you're like, oh, she's a Sugar Babes member? Because on first glance, I was like, oh, they're saying she's like another sisterhood of the, of the Sugar Babes because there's so many of them. And I was like, oh, it's a Mel. And I was like, hang on. She looks kind of like a Mel. And I was like, oh, it's a Mel's sister. Yes. So basically, a Mel, this is, the, by the, this is just as a Mel has joined the Sugar Babes. And clearly this must be like her first TV performance, maybe, with the Sugar Babes. And she's brought her sister, crucially... Just one of her sisters, I think. Well, well who's, her, who's Amel's sister with? So Amel's, Amel's sister is, uh, Cheryl's talking to Amel's sister and she's just like, oh, hey, your pet. Oh, hey, oh, you're a sister. Oh, it's so exciting. Yada, yada. And then she turns to the other, the other woman with Amel's sister and she's like, oh, you were mum. And she's like, no, no, I'm, I'm also her sister. And then like, there's just this like hideous moment where Cheryl, you can see Cheryl's like, well, I can't acknowledge that moment. So I'm going to just keep talking. Yeah. So she just plows on her head and she's like, oh, wow, you're totally proud of it. Oh, wow. Oh, it's exciting times. Yada, yada. Oh, I've got to go. got to go and grab my dad. Bye, pet. Bye, pet. Bye, 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 bye. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. And then we hear, we hear Cheryl say, why did I say that? 
I should have just said, I should have just said that, you know, she's another sister. Yeah, Why sure. would I go with mom? And the reason is because people often think my mom's my sister. Yeah, it's like, oh, shut up, shut we up. Did, well, we did see Joan earlier. It could have been a sister. <laughs> but do you know what? We also get a little, a little uh, scene with Amel because Amel drops by. Her sisters had been, her sisters had been to warm up the crowd. Yeah. Then Amel drops in. They've reported in. back that Cheryl said one of them's old enough to look like her mom. Mom, And then yep. Amel, Amel drops in to say hi to, is it? Kimberly and Cheryl that she says hi to. Well, she she says hi to them all, and, and like she's never met them. Yeah, this is a nice moment. It is. It's very polite and lovely. She's just like, oh, hi, oh, how you doing? Oh, you're right, you're right. They were yeah, like, it's good. They were like, oh, are you? Are you? Yeah, no. They it's shake good. hands. There's a little handshake, and then the this whole scene just takes place within the noises of people going, oh, are you? Oh, yeah. Well, are you excited? And then they she just skips off down the corridor, and they're all like, oh, that was nice. It is it is nice to see like a girl group yeah. like welcoming another girl group. Cheryl here is very friendly. Well, plus just the thought of like for you and me, just the thought of being at CDUK and having like girls allowed and the sugar babes just like interacting with each other. Oh just you know Dream. I mean little did they know what was to come. Walk this way. That was the moment. Walk this way. Maybe that was the moment <laughs> that the stars aligned when they met in the in the corridor yeah, of the UK. And, and, and I imagine Nadim she was like, "Shall we do a cover of Walk This Way?" I'm going for Charlie I like that song. Do the Rocky bits really slide <laughs> up and down that scale? Walk this way. Meanwhile, Shara's on her discman in the background. A rock song. Yeah, I'm a rock chick. <laughs> Walk this way. You want to talk this way? Walk. Oh my God, that's that like cover is. So difficult to take. <laughs> so, this... Well, Cheryl rounds off that scene saying, I felt like a right twat. I felt like a right twat? <laughs> Meanwhile, outside, who is it? It's fans allowed. I said, <laughs> I described this as quite the motley crew. <laughs> it really is. Could you see yourself here? Yeah, some tough, some very tough, unfortunate gays from the year 2006 <laughs> in this scene. <laughs> some, some unfortunate gays and the girls that love them. That's how I'd describe I know, this crowd. I know, It's basically us and CLC, isn't 100%. it? 100%. And then we, we see a little shot of the performance of a whole lot of history. Yeah, um, all in UK. serious trousers. They, are, I've written they're dressed all in black yeah. for a funky funeral. Yeah, definitely. A lot of like slacks. <laughs> I really have to stop to get my mouth around the word slacks. Slacks. Once again, glad they did that vocal warm up as they then lip sync to a track. Yeah, completely. <laughs> then, <laughs> and then we finished this episode on a very strange note. How did we finish? <laughs> with an interview with a paparazzi. Oh, that's the enemy. <laughs> the yeah, enemy's yeah, they, come on board. Yeah, David. David Meefum. Mm. He's the paparazzi, and he really doesn't give a huge insight. He just talks about how. You know, paparazzi shots is what keeps the girls kind of famous and relevant, basically. It's a very strange way to finish off the first episode. Yeah, hope they got a release form for him. Oh, definitely. You know, there was some poor runner that was... Well, he yeah, he got name-checked and everything, so... Yeah. Oh, God, that poor runner that had to get all the release forms at the from the Girls Allowed fans. Or do you think they had a filming notice up? Maybe there's a filming notice because they're in line to go into the studio. And there's, there's so many of them. It's like a crowd. I saw uh, Rachel Stevens outside of the CDUK studio. I think probably in the year 2006. Did you? Yeah. Were you there for her, for Rachel? <laughs> yeah, we, I actually, I, went to, I was in the audience of CDUK and then afterwards we waited. And You've never told me this. I must have told you when we did Totally Scott Lee, right? No. Didn't I? Oh no. yeah. I, when I was at uni, I went to see CDUK. And the only person I can remember is, uh, is Rachel Stevens. Well, she would eclipse the rest. I'm pretty sure she was, I think she was doing Negotiate with Love, which is from that, uh, followed up from like some girls. Oh, the case is closed. I don't negotiate with love. It, it didn't do very well. Yeah. And I honestly can't remember a single other person on there. So that yeah. is the end of episode one. Before it ends, we see a little coming up next week. Mm. Now it looks like they're on Davina's short lived chat show. Yeah. And they're really nervous. Yeah, and then they get told off for talking. Do they? <laughs> yeah, someone in the headset comes up and is like, shush. Uh, excuse me, girls, can you just keep it down? Davina's yeah. on. Um, so we've got that. And then we've also got, crucially, mm. Girls Allowed watching back an edit of the Whole Lot of History video. Yeah, and Nicola ain't happy. Cheryl's like, don't you fucking start. And Nicola <laughs> says that she doesn't have enough makeup on. <laughs> and they're all like, you look you look gorgeous. She did look gorgeous did in look that gorgeous. shot. Yeah. I, I was thinking... How hard it must have been to shoot a video or do a photo shoot and have five young women yeah. have everyone be happy. Yeah. Oof. It's a lot of people to please. Yeah. 
Also, I'm very confused. Has the single been released? Has it not been released? Why are they only shooting the video now? Uh, very not... confused. People are playing fast and loose with the timeline in this whole this whole show. Feels like it was all filmed in like two days and they're stretching out to make it seem like it's months. <laughs> yeah. So, final thoughts on the episode. Oh, I thought it was a great introduction to what we've got to come. Mm-hmm. It, uh, it's, set, it's setting up some of the characters. This show is Girls Led Off the Record, so why don't we... We need to name these episodes. Okay, well, I thought of one. Okay, just, go for just it. Just a second ago. I'm going to call this one Girls Allowed, Off to Blue Water. Oh, lovely. <laughs> I mean, pin, that's the pinnacle. <laughs> off to Blue Water. Shopping with me mum at Blue Water. My wee mum. Go off to Holland and Barrett and buy me fish oil tablets. Oh, no, we'll get, we'll get a latte. We'll get a latte <laughs> at the food court. Big, big, really creamy, lukewarm latte. Oh, yeah. Do you know Ooh, what I yeah. mean? From Costa. Oh, this is, you know, I hope she doesn't have like any issues with dairy because that's going to really flare up. <laughs> so thank you for listening. Episode two is going to be out next Monday. Yeah. For the next five, six weeks, we've got these six episodes going on. And you have an episode of Yoraku America coming out this week. Yeah. Think so. We sure do. <laughs> As ever, get in touch on Instagram and Twitter and please watch along on YouTube. Happy New Year, everyone. Yeah. This is a lovely way to start January. 2021. Isn't it? 2021. I was gonna be a better year than 2020. It's gonna be our year, babe. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> bye. Uh, bye. <laughs> I think we had three different cocktails. And then wine. So if I'm leaving, like, Pizza Express. If anyone gets mud on this white coat, I swear to God, I'll kill you. I felt like a right twat.